Radio. Today's feast is often seen as the birthday of the church because it's the moment when the Holy Spirit is poured out on the church, poured out on the apostles gathered in that room, presumably with Our Lady too. If you want to think of the Holy Spirit in an accurate way, think of it as the soul going through the body of the church. It's the the thing that gives the church life. It's what gives the church its vitality. It's what gives the church its power. It's what unites all the members of the church together. And it's also the Holy Spirit which guides the church into truth. We heard that in that gospel. Jesus promised that the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in his name, will teach them everything and remind them of all that he taught them. So the Spirit keeps us faithful to Jesus and his teaching. When we study the scriptures, there are many characteristics of the Holy Spirit that come out and explain why it's so essential to the life of the church. We know the, from the account of the day of Pentecost itself that the Holy Spirit appears as tongues of fire and as a powerful wind. So wind and fire. And then there's this amazing gift of speech that the apostles are given so that they, when they preach the gospel, it doesn't matter what language their listeners have, they understand them. They can hear them preaching about the marvels of God. If you cast your mind back to the first reading, we heard about the Tower of Babel and how there was a confusion of languages, which meant that the tower could never get completed. It was meant to be this testimony to human ingenuity, their ability to accomplish great works, and yet it ended up falling flat on its face. So their languages are confused, they can no longer communicate, they can't work together, they can't complete the task. Well, the coming of the Holy Spirit is like the Tower of Babel in reverse. God unites people, he enables them, as we heard, as we hear in the Gospels, to speak different languages and yet be understood. He unites them so that boundaries of language and country don't matter anymore. anymore. The Holy Spirit makes possible, in that way, the spread of the gospel so that every human being can be included in the message of salvation. And when we think of images of wind and fire, what do we think of? Well, they're both elements which are capable of great destruction. We see the effect that tornadoes can have. We see bushfires, house fires, how they can be deadly. But we know that they're powerful too. And that, it seems to me, is the message behind that image, the great power of the Holy Spirit. And also think about the way we use those words in a positive way. We talk about getting our second wind, don't we? Meaning that we come to life again. What was dead is now living again. We're energised. We're full of um, dynamism. 
And if someone's on fire, then they're lively, they're excelling in whatever they do. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit is a revolutionary force that changes our life, that can turn things upside down, which is why we need to constantly request the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't just come at Pentecost. There's actually an episode when Jesus, um, we heard this in the gospel yesterday evening, Jesus breathes forth the Holy Spirit on his apostles and gives them the power to forgive sins in his name. And when we go to confession, that's what we're experiencing, the power of the Holy Spirit to forgive our sins. When the priest prays the prayer of absolution in confession, that's the prayer which imparts God's forgiveness to us, he says, God the Father of mercies, through the death and resurrection of his Son, has reconciled the world to himself and sent the Holy Spirit among us for the forgiveness of sins. That is part of the mission of the Holy Spirit, is to unite us to God and to unite us to one another. Because sin doesn't just separate us from God, it also estranges us from each other. It breaks our relationships with our brothers and sisters. And that's why it's significant that the moment when Jesus breathes forth this Holy Spirit on his disciples, he says some interesting words. He says, peace be with you. And that is, of course, what the Holy Spirit as well has come to bring, peace. But it's a peace that can only be had when we turn back to God, when we repent, when we turn away from sin. Now, something we often hear, these priests often hear from people who, who don't want to go to confession is, why should I go to confession? I go directly to God. It's not a bad thing to go to God and say sorry for our sins. We should make a habit of doing that. But remember that God has given us this sacrament. Jesus instituted this sacrament of confession and gave the power to his disciples, his apostles, his first bishops and then priests for a reason, so that we could be forgiven and so that we could know that we are forgiven. So that we might not only be forgiven our sins, in fact, but strengthened against those sins. So strengthened in our ability to overcome our defects. So if we end up saying, well, we're just going to God, it's like we're ignoring the gift of God. We're ignoring one of his sacraments and the forgiveness that he wants to give us. St. Paul says to the Corinthians, no one can say Jesus is Lord unless he is under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Now, that doesn't just mean we say Jesus is Lord and that means the Holy Spirit is in us. Although there is power even in the name of Jesus, even in the utterance of the name, Jesus' name brings with it the presence of him. But that's not, what the, that's not the heart of what Jesus is saying, of what Paul is saying, sorry. To say that Jesus is Lord 
means that you're saying that Jesus Christ is the center of your life. That's what it means to be Lord. It means that he's someone you owe allegiance to, that you're obedient to, that you have a relationship with. All the time, there's other things trying to become our Lord, and we allow them. Money can sometimes be our Lord. Power can be our Lord. Pleasure can be our Lord. These things all end up taking Jesus' place. And in fact, that's what's happening when we sin. When we turn against God, we're saying we want something else to be the center of our life. But if we can really make Jesus Christ the Lord of our life, the center of our life, then that will show that the Holy Spirit is within us because the Holy Spirit helps us to be faithful to him. And if the Holy Spirit is in us, then there's no room for anything else. There's no room for other things that will take us away from God, for our addictions, for the darkness that we sometimes find within ourselves. Because within us will only be light, the light that comes from the Holy Spirit. The wonderful thing about the Holy Spirit, it's to remember on this day, above all, is that we can never exhaust him. We can never get to the end of the Holy Spirit. There's never a time when we're just, we've got everything. We've got the whole Holy Spirit and we can't ask for him again. Because the Holy Spirit is God which means he's inexhaustible. We have to keep asking for a fresh outpouring upon ourselves, upon our loved ones, upon our church, our school, our parish. Let's ask for that outpouring afresh today. And let's make that prayer from the heart like we mean it. May his fire be in our hearts so that we can say truly, that Jesus is Lord and make Jesus the Lord of our family, our parish, our diocese and the whole church. As a free, not-for-profit service, Cradio requires the support of people like you to help keep us going in our mission. To donate, visit cradio.org.au slash donate.